Welcome in the Night Shift, episode 66. And, you know, there is a lot to jam-pack. It's funny, Mike. We only do a couple episodes throughout the course of the summer, and we're we're pulling stuff left, right, and center, trying to, to fill an entire episode. And now two episodes within a week, and we are jam-packed with news. You can follow the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow us on social media as we gear up for the preseason and the regular season for the 2023-2024 campaign. At Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D, at Stubbs980 with two Bs. Mike, a lot to process. One, we got some preseason games uh, on the horizon. Another trade for the London Knights as well. Absolutely. The Knights and Sting will kick off the preseason this weekend, and the roster got a little bit smaller very early in the week, and then it got a whole lot bigger as the week went along. So let's break all of that down. The Knights made a trade. We had talked right off the bat about the fact that the Knights had four overagers on their roster. You knew a move was going to come because you had four players who could play in the Ontario Hockey League. Well, that move happened. And that move happened on Tuesday as the Knights sent Connor Federkow, an overage player, and Mike Levin, an 18-year-old forward, to the Niagara Ice Dogs for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. And you look at this deal This is one of those ones where we spend a lot of time breaking down trades at the pro levels or looking at contracts or money or why didn't that guy sign for this much money or why are they paying that guy that much money? It's nice to have the purity of a junior hockey trade at this time of year because a lot of times it boils down to let's find players who can play a place to play. So look at this one. Connor Federkow goes to the Niagara Ice Dogs. He is from St. Catharines. So this is so similar to George Diaco being able to play his final season in his hometown. He did it last year. Connor Federkow will get to do the same thing this year. Mike Levin is somebody who at 18 years of age does not have a lot of OHL experience. So he would probably be looking at trying to crack a bottom six role with the London Knights and really competing for all of his ice time. At 18 years old, you know, you're hoping to be maybe a little higher up the depth chart. He'll get that opportunity in Niagara because he wouldn't have been able to in London because of the depth of the roster that the Knights already have. So it's one of those deals that works out really well for the players. The Knights get two picks where we see players come into the OHL from the third round and the fifth round all the time. And it's just one of those nice deals that happens only in junior hockey where it's about development. And it really is. You're 100% right. And the thing that you mentioned is both players are going to get an opportunity to get some increased playing time. You know, Connor Federkow really made his mark within the forward group for the London Knights. But, you know, there was there were the big lines for the London Knights that really made them go. And he was a big part of it in the playoffs. But I think Federkow is going to have a better opportunity. He may even come back and play a defensive role for that team. We don't know how they're going to utilize him. And then, like you said, with Levin, you know, it's it's very tough, you know, cracking a roster, which you look at the London Knights and they're a team team who went to the OHL finals last year. They could be in contention of potentially going back to the OHL finals this year. We don't know how the season will unfold, but it often makes things difficult for a guy with 14, 15, 16 players, Mike, coming back from last year's roster and who are probably going to be on the roster for this coming season. And then all the high picks that are already working their way. in, so it gives him a little bit more opportunity. The one thing, Mike, I will say, we're still going to see him on opening night. 
<laughs> and night number two. The That's Knights it. and Niagara start with a home and home. So, yeah, Connor Federkow will see his teammates. Mike Levin will see his teammates from the past few years. So <laughs> it's not long before things like this take place. For whatever reason, the storylines tend to create stuff that works this way more often than they don't. So that was the deal that saw two players leave London. And then we had talked with Rob Simpson about, again, one of the main themes of the early going of this year, and that is the depth on this roster. And Rob Simpson alluded to the fact that, look, we're always going to see players in training camp that catch our eye. And what do you know? Four signings this week. Now, one you knew was coming because it was defenseman Henry Brustevich, and he was acquired from the Ottawa 67s last week. So he has signed his academic scholarship and development agreement with the London Knights. But then the Knights added Jared Woolley, who is a 2006-born defenseman. He's from Port Hope. He's played minor hockey through the Quinty Red Devils system. And he's a guy that brings huge size, 6'3", 190 pounds. And at 17, that means he's going to be 6'3", 210 before you know it. He can play physically, moves the puck out of his own zone. And so there's a signing that, again, adds another defenseman. And when we look ahead to even beyond this year, now all of a sudden, what could have been three defensemen left after this year is a whole lot different. Now you've already got a real set of quality defensemen even after this year. Then the London Knights added Evan Van Gorp, who is a forward from Watford. If you were at the green and gold game, Evan scored the overtime winner that won Team Green the entire green and gold game. And he's somebody that can make plays at high speed. And he is a guy who comes out of the Elgin Middlesex Canucks system. He's from Watford. So he knows the team. He knows the area and excited to play for the Knights. You bet. And then Ryder Bolton was somebody who we mentioned last podcast who really caught the eye of the London Knights, caught the eye of everybody who was watching. Because when he was on the ice, things were happening. Might have been a scoring chance. Might have been a hit, might have been a fight, and he seemed to be involved in everything. Eric, his father, played for Mark Hunter in Sarnia, went on to play 654 games in the NHL with the Sabres, the Atlanta Thrashers, the New Jersey Devils, and the New York Islanders, and now Ryder just brings that commitment level. And there are players, and I mean, you can walk into the Knights dressing room anytime before something is going to happen, whether it's a practice, whether it's a game or long after those practices and games have ended. And you're going to see players, you know, they're, they're players getting there early. And somebody told me Ryder Bolton has been beating all of the early people, all of the people who like to come early to get set for a practice. He's been there even before them. This is how fired up and how ready he is to say, I want to be a part of this organization this year. So he's doing absolutely everything he can. And yeah, we're going to see him in the preseason, which begins with two games, Kyle, against the Sarnia Sting. Well, it's funny too, Mike. You know, he's 5'10", 190 pounds. So he is a very well-built hockey player from Atlanta, Georgia. And of course, you talked about his dad going on to play seasons with Buffalo and the Islanders. And where did he play? play is is junior hockey long island royals triple a and the buffalo junior sabers triple a so 
slowly starting to follow in, in his father's footsteps. And yeah, he'll be uh, a player to watch, especially over the next few preseason games and, and seeing how he does in those. And maybe he has an opportunity to crack a, a spot on this roster. He just might. And it's it's the attitude like that where during training camp, players who like Evan Van Gorp, like Ryder Bolton, who are not draft picks, have to make it so that you're looking around and saying, okay, well, well, we we still need that guy here. You know, he's he's still doing things like we we still want him around. And you just have to stay around and stay around. Next thing you know, you find yourself on a roster or you find yourself in a position where you've shown enough that when there's an injury, you're the first guy who gets that call. And so congratulations to Jared Woolley and Evan Van Gorp and Ryder Bolton, because they did that. They made themselves too hard to put anywhere else. They are still with the London Knights, and now the preseason begins. And, Kyle, that means our previews begin. Here's what we're going to do. Week by week, we're going through every division with the help of somebody who knows the teams that we're talking about really, really well. So we are going to go to Sarnia and Windsor and Sault Ste. Marie and Flint and Saginaw right now. And we're going to check in with somebody who can explain what the expectations are for each of those teams, who some of the returning players are, and who some of the new faces are. And because the Knights and the Sting are first up on each other's preseason schedules, let's begin in Sarnia. Lee Cunningham is a former voice of the London Knights. He is the voice of the Sarnia Sting. And we started talking with Lee about just how exciting the playoff run was for the Sting last year, was for all of the fans in Sarnia, because they had never gone that far in the playoffs before. Well, you know what, Mike? The encouraging thing is that that enthusiasm and excitement it hasn't tapered off within this community, despite the fact that many of the mainstays on that hockey club last year will be looking for pro positions with their respective NHL teams and um, or American League teams in a couple of players' cases. But uh, it, it's been tremendous. And I'll, I'll cite a couple of examples for you. Uh, the season ticket commitment uh, for the Sarnia Sting is way, way up this year. Uh, and that was obviously due to the run last year. But, you know, I think it's just become a case where it seems to be the place to go for uh, kids and where the number of teens that are at our games now. And, of course, uh, with that comes parents. And uh, I just think the environment around here is just at an all-time high. And, really, you just hope it doesn't taper off. And, you know, the other thing that I think is encouraging for this group is the fact that, you know, they had an event this past weekend in which season ticket holders could come up and uh, enjoy a hamburger and a hot dog, see the brand new uh, NHL theme dressing room, meet the players and all that. And a hot, hot day, but that did not deter the fans. They were out in numbers. So those two little nuggets, I think, uh, really, really uh, show some encouragement for the coming season. And I think beyond. Love it. Well, let's talk about the coming season because you said it, Lee, there were going to be graduates on this Sting team. Five of the top six defensemen have moved on. Real key players who really scored a lot of goals and created a lot of offense, they are gone. Can you highlight who is back for the Sarnia Sting to kind of lead the way forward? You know what? I think on the back end, and we'll uh, stay with that for a moment, I think it's uh, Lukash Fisher who's going to be the player that is really going to, I think, take the forefront as a legitimate one-two defenseman in this league. Uh, he's got, obviously, the pedigree with his father. Uh, I thought he had a very, very good run last year as a young defenseman. 
a very intelligent player, uh, makes a good first pass, and I, I think he really, really kind of put it a footprint into what he can do at the OHL level next year. And you just don't know. I think with the Sarnia thing, and everybody's in the same boat, you're waiting to see what, what might happen. Uh, Jacob LeBlanc, of course, the LeBlanc brothers now with the Sarnia thing coming over from Niagara, and they were high-end picks for the Kitchener Rangers a few years ago. Another player that I thought was really good in camp, Mike, was Carson Campbell. Uh, young defenseman last year, uh, saw spot duty, but I think gained a ton of seasoning working with this group, seeing exactly what a playoff run is all about. I think he's going to be uh, dependent upon. And a couple of young defensemen, uh, James Barr, I thought was very, very good in camp. And that's the same story for a young American defenseman by the name of Hugh Hurt. Hugh Hurt. I love the name. Yeah, yeah you know what? That, 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 that is going to be a T-shirt someday <laughs> if this kid prospers. I can see it right now. <laughs> Lee Cunningham joining us as we talk about the Sarnia Sting. Lee, let's look up front. Nolan Burke, who put in so many goals for the Sarnia Sting, and an acquisition like Sasha Pastajov. Those are yeah. the guys you're talking about that have now moved on, along with others. Who comes back up front? Well, it, it, again, I think, I think the blue line back and the goaltending depth is going to be uh, okay for this hockey club. Where they get goals up front, I think, is going to be sort of the pressing uh, situation for the Sarnia Sting. Uh, Easton Wainwright is going to be counted upon this year. He had a half dozen goals last year in the playoffs. He's got tremendous speed. I think ready to take that step to be a power play contributor. Uh, First-round pick Ryan Brown, I thought, looked very good in camp. Uh, He's got some. Uh, he's got some edge to his game, along with the skill set. You know, they're looking for you know a Tyson Doucette, and, and you know a young man named Lane Sim, who uh, we, I'm sure we'll discuss that as the season goes on. Another little tie there between the Knights and the Sarnia thing, but you know Sean Doherty's good skater, and I thought he uh, looked pretty good in camp. Then you've got some veterans, Marco Stickick, uh, Cooper Way back his overage possibilities for this hockey club, uh, Sandusville Manis. Uh, last year uh, showed some good signs. He, again, great breakaway speed. I think that's another guy they're really going to be counting upon. And Zach Belak certainly uh, plays with an edge as well. So scoring by committee, I think, is going to be uh, the requisite for this hockey club this year. But, you know, they're very well coached under Al Latang. And I think uh, uh, the competitive nature of this group uh, will not wane. And we'll see what the results are in terms of wins and losses. Lee, finally, let's look in goal where when he was drafted in the first round, you would have said the odds of Ben Godreau playing an overage year in Sarnia, not necessarily all that high. However, there is a chance that he does that. What do you know about the status of Ben Godreau? Well, he's in town and, uh, you know, his attitude's been good. Uh, I saw him a few times during the training camp sessions and he's uh, kind of taken on a little bit of a raw, raw approach, uh, helping uh, the youngsters, uh, Nicholas Sergeitsha, who I thought was a great understudy to uh, Benny Godreau last year. He looked outstanding in camp, and I think that's maybe where the best depth for this hockey club is located at the goaltending position. Uh, where Benny Godreau ends up at the end of the day is anyone's guess. It would be great to see him go to a camp over the next few weeks, but you know, uh, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you right away. This young man, since coming into the league as a high first-round pick, has had all sorts of uh, you know, pressures and expectations and this and that. You know, he was uh, going into the World Juniors last year, kind of anointed as the, I wouldn't say surefire number one goaltender, but certainly he was in uh, the driver's seat a little bit. I think Benny Goldrow, this is a big year for him to sort of uh, point out to people, hey, don't give up on me as a 20-year-old netminder. I got a lot of future left. I've got game, and, I, you know, I want to take it to the next level, and a lot of that is up to him, but I think he's up to the task. 
Can't wait for London and Sarnia all over again. Lee, we finally got that playoff series that we were hoping for. Maybe there's another one this year. They'll just, when it rains, it pours. Hey, I'll tell you what, bring it on. And Mike, that is the first time in years we have not opened dialogue to begin a season with the hope that these two (laughs) hockey clubs might meet in the playoffs. Uh, That was taken care of last year in a real compelling uh, six-game series. And hey, if we do it again this year, bring it on. Do it. Lee, thanks for the time. Anytime, Mike. Lee Cunningham, voice of the Sarnia Sting. Let's go south. Let's go from Sarnia to Windsor, where last year the Windsor Spitfires had a tremendous season going. They went into the playoffs as the number one seed and took on what could have been the best number eight seed in OHL playoff history in the Kitchener Rangers, and the Rangers swept the Spitfires in four straight. Manny Pava joins us from the Windsor Spitfires broadcast crew. And Manny, let's talk first off about what that series sweep, that first round exit, meant for the Spitfires when they started their plans for the offseason. Well, uh, Mike, great to be with you. I certainly didn't expect that. And I think there was a level of disappointment within the organization that quickly became fuel for the hockey team to do something into the future because they had a number of tremendous seasons from Matt Maggio leading the OHL in the scoring race and winning the Red Tilson Award, the second Spitfire in back-to-back seasons to do that, to Alex Christopoulos finishing third in the OHL with 49 goals. They lose Maggio, but Christopoulos does return this season and they have Three young guns who will be counted on this year to really spark the Spitfires, and that is Anthony Cristoforo, Liam Greentree, and A.J. Spellacy, as well as some other new young players that will get an opportunity to prove themselves in the 23-24 season. Well, you look at the way that the Spitfires built for what was a long-run two years ago, what was almost probably a long run a year ago. I don't think there are too many Spitfire fans who are are worried about the building process, but how much of a build do you think this is? Are, are you looking at now 17 and 16-year-olds as the guys that, that the team will focus around? Yeah, I think time will tell. Uh, everybody asks this question right now, especially with training camp coming around, Mike, and I think Um, That includes us. Will this team be sellers this year? And I think the answer will be provided within the first six weeks of the season. Uh, Where will this team be in the West Division? We know Saginaw is going to be a powerhouse. After all, they're loading up to host the Memorial Cup this coming summer. Um, Where will this team fit in that West Division with the, the Sioux Greyhounds and the Sarnia Sting who went for it? as well as the Flint Firebirds. And I think the first six weeks will tell. There are still a number of tremendous hockey players on this roster for the Spitfires. I mentioned Christopoulos, uh, for example, 49 goals last season. Um, He's going to be on the shelf for a couple of weeks to start the year because he had a wrist surgery in the offseason. Can he regain that scoring form? Jacob Millette returns. He was second in team scoring behind Maggio with 76 points. Oliver Peer returns, 67 points. Roddy Dionisio, 50 points in 50 games with the Spitfires. Uh, Colton Smith, who's lost 25 pounds 
in the offseason, the former London Knight, the son of DJ Smith. He looks leaner and quicker, and his skating has improved. And then you have a guy like Ryan Abraham, who only played 29 games. He had 35 points in those 29 games. He's returned from a wrist injury. So there are a number of spare parts, including those, um, Not I shouldn't say spare parts, they're key parts to include with those 17-year-olds that I mentioned in Cristoforo, Greentree, and Spellacy. I think the, they're going to be very good up front. The, the big question for Windsor will be, how do they handle the back end? Because right now, they only, they've traded away uh, Sobolev. They've lost Renwick. Um, they've also traded away Jacob Holmes. They have Dionisio, Cristoforo, DeAngelis, and Jodwin as the only defenseman returning from last season, plus Carson Woodall returning, who played three games last year. He's a rookie. This how this team will go as far as that blue line will take them. Joey Costanzo returns in goal. He had a tremendous season, clear number one. So the bigger question is on the blue line for Windsor, and that will determine, I think, in my mind, whether they're buying or selling as the season goes along. Manny Pava joining us as we talk. Windsor Spitfires, well, I mean, you've you've set it out. Yeah, those six weeks or however long management takes to assess what's going on, you know, this, this team could go in a number of directions, it sounds like. Yeah, most definitely. And, and uh, I think that first six weeks will decide whether – uh, Bill Bowler, the general manager, will try to recoup their draft picks from last year because after all the moves last year, adding Shane Wright, adding Brett Harrison, adding Jacob Holmes, adding Dionisio and Castle from Niagara, Windsor gave up 24 draft picks in total last year. So the cupboard is a little bit bare. This past year, they had a first rounder, and the second player they took in the draft was a fifth rounder who they just signed to a contract in Adrian Manzo. So the cupboard is a little bit bare. Fortunately for Windsor, they hit home runs in that 2022 draft with Christoforo, Greentree, and Spellacy and Cole Davis and Carson Woodall are also going to get a chance to make these teams five draft picks from that year. That's why I think those 17-year-olds will help decide whether Windsor is buying or selling at the deadline after the first six weeks. Manny, it is almost time for all of this to start unfolding. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk Spitfires with us. Anytime, Mike. Looking forward to the season. See you at the rink. Windsor Spitfires broadcaster Manny Pava previewing what Windsor will be like. The next six weeks will be interesting to watch. Windsor, when you look at their roster, certainly has the potential to be a good team. They have 19-year-old players. They have players who are maybe looking for the opportunities that they will be presented. They just picked up Ryan Struthers from the Mississauga Steelheads. They are one of those wait-and-see teams. Let's head to Sault Ste. Marie, where we catch up with Brad Cochimilio, who has been following the Sioux Greyhounds for a long time. Brad, how are things in the Sioux? They're so far so good. No snow on the ground yet. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. That, that always counts for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look forward to the time when that is happening because that means uh, we're in the heart of hockey. Let's go over who is back for this team and, and who really takes over leadership roles for the Greyhounds this year. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a. It, 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 
some of the obvious guys would be, you know, a guy like Bryce McConnell Barker, uh, you know, he was a captain here last year, put up good numbers on a, you know, on a team that struggled to, to score goals at times. Um, obviously they're going to get a look to him to, to be a big impact guy, uh, you know, be a big impact player for this team. Um, Kuro Kudratsev on the blue line is obviously going to be, um, you know, a, a number one, number two guy for them. Um, you know, he's easily going to play top pair minutes. Um, you know, he's a guy who drafted by Vancouver as a seventh round pick and uh, ends up signing with them. And, uh, you know, he's obviously going to lead the way in the blue line. And, you know, a big guy for them in goal is going to be Charlie Schenkel. I mean, this is a, this is a kid that, um, you know, he's coming into, you know, year two as a, as a full-time uh, full-time starter. And he was really good before getting hurt last year. Um, you know, and then uh, he gets hurt. He misses, uh, he misses, he missed some significant time. And, um, you know, when he got back, you could tell he was still kind of fighting to get back to the way he was uh, pre-injury, but, you know, with a full summer now behind him to, to get healthy, I think that's going to be a, going to be a good thing and a big thing for him. Uh, you know, those are obviously three guys that uh, they're going to need a lot from. And, you know, I, I, another guy's going to be Andrew Gibson, a Detroit Red Wings pick, who's going to be, uh, you know, eating up big minutes on the blue line too, as uh, you know, he's going to be on their, you know, one of their top two pairs. He was paired with Kudratsev a lot last year and, and played real well. So, um, you know, those guys are, are guys that are going to be really significant for this team this year, for sure. Yeah, that blue line is looking deep and skilled with R2 Karki coming in, who's a Vegas Golden yep. Knights draft pick. As far as expectations go, Brady Martin was a very high pick in the OHL priority selection. He came out of Waterloo. He went third overall. So there seem to be a, a lot of young players still who could one day do some really big things. What do you think expectations sit at this year for the Sioux? Yeah, you know what? I mean, and I've talked to Kyle Raftis a little bit about this, uh, you know, between the end of last year and, and get, kind of getting into this year. And, um, you know, for them, they ended up with the whole Memorial Cup bid last year. Uh, you know, they, they went, you know, a lot younger than they normally have. Um, you know, that was probably the youngest team they've had, um, you know, in, in a long time. And, um, you know, they're banking on that youth taking that experience and building on it this year. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to get back to, you know, what it is to be a Sioux Greyhound team. And, and in recent years, that's, you know, that for them, that's being, uh, you know, a, a top tier, uh, a top tier club. I mean, their off years for the most part in the last seven or eight years have been, um, you know, aside from the COVID shortened year, you know, they've been, they've been a team that's been battling for a division title and, um, I, I don't know that I would, I would say they're, they're a team that battles for a division title just yet. I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're quite there, but you know, if they get some of these young guys, you know, you mentioned Brady Martin, if he comes in and, and, and does anything near what it seems like he could do, um, you know, it could be, could be very interesting. And um, they're going to need guys like Justin Cloutier and Marco Bignosa and some of these guys to, to take another step offensively. But you know, this is a team that's, uh, you know, I, I, there's no way this team misses the playoffs again this year. This is a team that, that should get in. I, I, I would hesitate to say they're um, one of the top teams in the West Division uh, yet, but, I mean, they're they're definitely trending in the right direction, uh, you know, as far as, you know, being a team that's going to be really competitive and tough to play against. Teams like that sometimes arrive a year early. Well, the Knights are going to arrive in yep. Sault Ste. Marie, and the third game of the 
season for the Greyhounds and the third game of the season for the Knights will be head-to-head. We'll look forward to it. Brad, thanks so much for the time. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. Always always enjoy chatting and look for, looking forward to chatting with you when you get up here to the Sioux. Can't wait. Brad Cacciamilio covering the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds for Sioux today. Next, we head to the spot where the season is going to end, guaranteed. The Saginaw Spirit will be the host of the 2024 Memorial Cup Tournament. And we were able to catch up with Dylan Clark and asked Dylan about how much conversation, how much buzz there is already in the city of Saginaw, knowing that they are going to host the Memorial Cup. Well, Mike, there's a buzz for sure. I mean, it's it's tough to ignore because uh, at least in my circles, wherever you go, everybody's talking about it. And I know that's kind of the case all over the town. But uh, for these guys in that locker room and, uh, and in those coaches' offices, I mean, it's it's business as usual, just with higher expectations. You know, Chris Lazary said on no uncertain terms that this isn't going to be a team that backdoors their way in. Um, I mean, this is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I think that phrase sometimes gets thrown around um, a little more than it should. But this truly is a once in a lifetime opportunity um, for this group. So they're doing everything in their power and then some to to make sure that it goes the way they want. Since moving from North Bay, Saginaw has been such a great franchise in the OHL. You still have the best smelling arena in the Ontario Hockey League. You always will. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the guys that are going to lead the way this year. Who do you point to? Well, first of all, going back to the, the best smelling arena, I will agree with you there because that was actually the funny you said. It. That was the first thing I noticed when I walked in, right when I got here, was the smell of the, the roasting almonds and roasting peanuts and stuff like that. I knew I was in the right spot because of that. But as far as the leaders are concerned, I mean, I haven't gotten to see him yet in the preseason for obvious reasons, but these guys, Matias Sapovalov, they're going into the 19, 19-year-old years. Hunter Hay going into his 19-year-old year. And, you know, some of the overagers as well, Braden Hashe, I mean, he's not a returner, but he's had a ton of experience in this league, and I think he brings some size to the back end that the Spirit may have been uh, missing and wanting for last season. But up front, Tapa Valov and Haight obviously lead the way, and then you've got kind of the secondary scorers, uh, Sebastian Gervais, or um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong roster here. Looking at Dean Lowe, because obviously Gervais is going to be a contributor too. My biggest thing, you know what those guys are going to bring. The question mark kind of is what do the three rookies that made that OHL all-rookie team, what do they bring to the table here in year two? Because they set a pretty high bar for themselves, and I don't think anybody would be surprised if they live up to it in year two. I don't think anybody would be surprised if they smash it either. With Misa, Parekh, and Joey Willis, kind of the foundation they set for themselves. And I know Willis is in a bit of a different conversation because he was a 17-year-old rookie and obviously an NHL draft pick uh, with the Nashville Predators now. But that's what's going to be exciting because you know that Sapa Valov and Hate, you know what they're going to bring to the table. They're going to be higher echelon scorers, and that's a pretty solid one-two punch down the middle. But what can those young guys do as that, I don't even know if secondary scoring is the right term for them because, you know, Michael Misa was well over a point-per-game player last year, and you've seen the confidence that Zane Parekh exhibits with the puck. If he can hang on to that, I think the sky's the limit for these guys. And the way that Chris Lazary has Saginaw playing, where everybody is so mobile, and you look at even some of the players you picked up on defense, they just seem to have that ability where – 
if a guy's playing the right point, he may not be there. He could be beside the net. Somebody else will be there. It's it's just round and round and round. That is tough to defend. So it'll be interesting to watch Saginaw this year. We are talking with Dylan Clark, who is the voice of the Saginaw Spirit, previewing the team that will host the Memorial Cup, the team that gets to use that motivation all year. Let's go in through the front door as OHL champions. Let's look finally in net, where Tristan Lennox has been for so long for the Spirit, and now things kind of change over a little bit, but how much do they change over? Because Andrew Oak, let's remember, has been to the World Juniors. How ready is he to take over the number one job? I think he's chomping at the bit, and that's uh, that's personally what I'm most excited for is to see how Andrew Oak takes over for things these uh, this year because I mean I'm a little I'm always a little slanted towards the goalie I was a goalie and Andrew's a great kid and and Brett Fullerton as well you know he was kind of in that third slot last year got a handful of games right now it's it's Andrew and Brett here as as the one and two going into this year and there's a lot of pressure on him because obviously in a year like this you're not going to get a lot of runway you're not going to get a lot of leash uh, to make mistakes and kind of figure things out so I don't think that'll be an issue but with Andrew I mean obviously lost what would have been his first year because of COVID and in his his actual first year maybe played a little bit more than you would have wanted a rookie goaltender to play when Tristan Lennox went down with injury and I wasn't here but you know maybe that, that if you're getting shelled as a 16 or a 17 year old goaltender that's going to hurt your confidence I don't care who you are but Andrew's evolved as a goaltender both physically and mentally played 24 games last year and really what impressed me was his play in the back half of the season he ended up winning nine games in a row uh obviously those starts were spread out but like you said the world junior experience he's been in these big stages with a lot of eyeballs on him i think he's ready to take over that number one job and i think he's going to excel when he does take it over Well, any city that has hosted a Memorial Cup will tell you that the buzz that begins at the start of the season only grows louder, not just around the team, but around the city. It's an absolute blast of an experience. It makes for such a special year. Dylan, can't wait to come and smell the rink, but London versus Saginaw this year is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Thanks for this. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. The radio voice of the Saginaw spirit, Dylan Clark. And that allows us to head just a little bit down the I-75 for our final West Division preview, and that is with the Flint Firebirds. And we saved it till the end because we get to welcome somebody to the Ontario Hockey League. There is a brand new voice in the OHL. It is Brian Gardner, the new voice of the Flint Firebirds. Brian, we can still basically measure your time in the OHL in hours at this point. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm uh, really pumped to be here uh, in Flint. And yeah, I mean, as I'm talking to you here, I'm still in the midst of my first week. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind bombing in here right before the season gets going. But I, don't, I, I couldn't be more excited. You know, I'm really pumped to see you know these kids compete at what I think is the best junior hockey in the world. You know what? It is an amazing league. You'll fall in love with it pretty quick. Now, you're coming from Rapid City. I think if if we did a geography test and threw Rapid City on it, all of us are getting that question wrong. Where's Rapid <laughs> City, Brian? 
Rapid City is in western South Dakota, down here in the United States. Um, it is if you if you're familiar at all with Mount Rushmore, it's a it's about 45 minutes away from there, where of course the four presidents' faces are carved into a mountain. There's a uh, a lot of kind of interesting geography. They call it the uh, the gateway to the Black Hills, which is kind of you know the mountain range over there in that part of the country. Um, there's some interesting land formations, Badlands National Park surrounds it. So Rapid City, it's not a big place. I liked to joke while I was out there, the entire state of South Dakota, the population of it was less than the county I grew up in, in the Washington, D.C. area. So it was a bit of a fish out of water out there. But yeah, Western South Dakota is the short answer to your question. Well, now here you are in Flint, Michigan. So, Brian, you're very quickly learning the Flint Firebirds, getting to know a lot of players. When we're looking at this year's roster, you have everybody's face being a new face, but there are some returning guys. Tell us just a little bit about who's back this year for Flint. Well, Gavin Hayes is the first name that jumps off. I had a 40-goal season last year. It was only the third player in franchise history to do that. And he's a Blackhawks guy. He got drafted by the Hawks a couple of years ago and signed with the Blackhawks. His entry-level contract already. He's a name that I would look for first and foremost to perform. And then four players were drafted uh, in the NHL draft in Nashville a few months ago. Um, and so it's when you kind of look up and down this roster and you see guys like will be Nathan Day primarily in net who uh, was drafted in the sixth round. You look at a um, you look at Nathan Hay who's going to kind of expect to perform quite a bit as well, and just Tristan Bertucci who was a uh, Dallas Stars draft pick at the tail end of the second round. And I mean, there are names there that I think OHL fans who have been around a little bit longer than I have will be like, yeah, of course those guys. And I think that those are primarily the ones you look at to see, all right, they are going to perform this season. And if the Firebirds are going to compete and, you know, be contenders coming up playoff time and hope to kind of make some noise and uh, spoil, uh, you know, the Saginaw spirit up the run before they're getting ready to host the, uh, the Memorial cup. I think that those are some, names that you're going to look to all season long to really kind of lead this firebird squad you're going to love that rivalry and you're going to love all those names that you just mentioned they've been growing with the firebirds throughout their careers coming in as really young players and now the reins are in their hands speaking of young players anybody coming by that you think okay here's a rookie that we need to keep an eye on for flint the first one that I kind of look at is Jeremy Martin, who was the first round pick. And he comes in after putting up 28 goals uh, last season playing in the uh, U16 league in Toronto. And he's, yeah, I mean, first round pick who was signed in, in here as a 16 year old and kind of projects as a big power forward. Um, he's six foot one and already, you know, the list listed at 180 pounds um, as again, a 16 year old. And so somebody who you imagine is going to kind of grow into not only his uh, game, but his body a little bit with the way that the scouts kind of project him. And so he's somebody who has shown a scoring touch 
and now arriving here in the OHL. It'll be interesting to see kind of how he transitions. So that's that's the first name that kind of pops to mind. And of course, it's easy to say the um, it's easy to say the uh, first round draft pick, kind of somebody to look at. And then you look at who they brought in, who the Firebirds brought in with the um, in the import drafts. Um, Marcus Saminas, and excuse me if I mispronounced the name because again, just learning it and haven't actually spoken to the kid personally yet to confirm his pronunciation. But played in the queue last year in another really big body. He's out of Sweden. He's six foot five and has a. I, I was over and saw him practicing a couple of days ago. Our ice isn't in yet here at the Dort Financial Center, but in the um, in the backup facility about 15 minutes away, got a chance to go over and get a look at some of the guys. And he kind of jumped off the. Uh, jumped off the page at me as well this kid's bigger than everybody else and he has an absolute heck of a shot and so only put up 13 points in 55 games last season in the queue but you imagine that as he can as he re-entered the import draft and comes over here to flint that another year of experience around the chl and hopefully somebody who can make a bit of a jump well, it is always exciting when this season gets going. And you know what? You're going to love some of the trips that you're on. Again, you'll love that rivalry with Saginaw on the I-75. Brian, welcome to the OHL. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Mike, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait to get up to London and see your crew as well. We'll see you soon enough. Brian Gardner, the brand new voice of the Flint Firebirds, a team that could make some noise. Saginaw's going to get a lot of attention. The London Knights are getting a lot of attention. Don't count out the Flint Firebirds. This is a team that has really been well coached, has played well. They're going to be tough in the West Division. So those are our West Division previews. Next week, Kyle, we'll do the Midwest Division as we get set for the London Knights and the Erie Otters in a home-and-home. Home. They will actually not play in Erie. They'll play in St. Thomas for Erie's home game on the Thursday and then back in London at Budweiser Gardens on the Friday. So we're all set. Time to talk games. Kyle will be able to do that on Monday. Yes, we will. A home and home with the uh, Sarnia Sting. They've already posted it on their socials. If you would like to look at potentially getting tickets to the game, that puck drop is at 4 p.m. And if you want to make the trip, uh, trip out to Sarnia, uh, they'll play Sunday afternoon as well. And now, like you said, Mike, that's it. We'll have some game action to get into. And, oh, man, hockey's back. It's an exciting time. Looking forward to it. Game one and game two, we'll have both of them on 980cfpl.ca. And it's a big learning process. We spend a lot of time just talking about the players, who they are, where the new guys have come from. And we do that about as much as we're calling the action. So join us for a pregame show at 3.30 on Saturday and a pregame show at 1.30 on Sunday from Sarnia. And then we'll have complete play-by-play -play as well. And again, that's at 980cfpl.ca. And then we are back with episode 67 of The Night Shift coming up on Monday. Kyle, enjoy the weekend. Yes, you as well. Looking forward to watching some exhibition hockey. And uh, we'll chat next week.